I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Kelly Davis wide open. Davis still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for part two of the weekend mailbag. So for that, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from our guy, the Jet Ranger, who writes for us at playlikeajet.com. He says, how good do you think the Jets wide receiver group can be? I think it can be pretty good. I think they've got a very deep group for the first time in a while. I don't know that anybody here is necessarily going to put up all pro caliber numbers, but you've got Corey Davis, who's really good. Elijah Moore, who has dazzled. So as long as he can stay on the field, knock on wood, he should be really good as a rookie. We know what Jamison Crowder brings to the table. We know what Keelan Cole brings to the table. Chris, you mentioned Denzel Mims, so we'll see what happens there. But even if he's only the fifth receiver, that's pretty good. So I think that the Jets wide receiver group can be pretty good. I would say top half of the league good. Yeah, it's funny. Remember, like, uh, a few months ago before training camp, maybe even OTAs, uh, fans were going, of course, naturally a little overboard talking about uh, how this is one of the better receiving cores in the league. And the thing that uh, I wanted to point out, I was trying not to stay on Twitter too much, so I didn't jump in here. Uh, Like, the bottom of the depth chart is probably as good as anybody else in the league. But the top of that chart 
is just really solid. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's not you don't have the Tyree kills at the top of the depth chart. You don't have the you know AJ Brown the those types of guys there, but they're still really solid there. The thing that I like most about this receiving group though is the way they complement each other. The way you have uh, Corey Davis, who can, you know, get you those tough yards. It can be uh, you have the Elijah Moore, the explosive guy. You have the Jameson Crowder. You have Denzel Mims. You can also use downfield. Um, the way that they complement each other, I, I think, is really nice. Um, and they're just really, really solid throughout. Uh, so, I, of course, fans were definitely getting carried away talking about the the best step chart but at the bottom of it you're not going to find a lot of teams that have that much talent at in their fifth and sixth receiver spot next question comes in from mike d611 he says why is there so much hate for hawaiian pizza i just don't get it and i'm from new york city the no pineapple and pizza take is ridiculous would like to hear your thoughts very simple Something sweet like pineapple doesn't go on pizza. There's nothing else to it. I like pineapple. I like pizza. The two of them together, it's gross. I don't know what else to say, Chris. Listen, I, I've i never had it. I've never gone for it. It's not something that typically in my head is something I go for. But I also, I'm not knocking anybody. I don't get the hate for it either. Uh, I I, I don't know. Have you ever not uh, has anybody ever not had something that they didn't think would taste good and then mind blown it tasted amazing? Like I used to be a staunch proponent of the idea of putting ketchup anywhere near eggs. Uh you know, I would get my Taylor ham egg and cheese, my bacon egg and cheese with no ketchup. I was very adamant keep the ketchup away from it. And then one day I was going to work where I was delivering those big jugs of water. I was trying to get there early in the morning and they put ketchup on my bacon, egg and cheese. I didn't have time to do anything about it. So I ate it and it was delicious. So I typically don't tend to knock people for having foods that uh, tastes where it's a little bit different than I would expect. And I don't think it would taste good. Uh, I just also, how many things that I have learned after eating that cream cheese was in it and it doesn't seem like it would go, but cream cheese is in so much food and I, it doesn't seem like it should be in there, but it is, it's in a lot of stuff. Uh, so I don't, I don't typically tend to knock stuff. If you like Hawaiian pizza, knock yourself out, man, go for it. I generally agree with you, but this is a rare case. I just can't abide by this. It's gross, it's not real pizza, and anybody that likes it, I just don't know what's going on there. It has nothing to do with you as a person, you're cool in my book, especially if you're listening to this show, but I just will never understand how people could like pineapple on pizza. Rare case, because I've always said everybody has different tastes, everybody likes different things, but pineapple on pizza is where I draw the line. Next question comes in from Steven Schaefer. He says, who do you think will be the biggest surprise this season in a positive way? Hmm, that's interesting. Off the top of my head, I'm going to say that the biggest surprise is going to be Ty Johnson, because I think he's going to get the most carries of the group. And he's got those magic thighs, copyright, very big deal, Chris Nimbley, 2021. I think he has a chance to be 
the most productive Jets running back in quite a while, probably since Chris Ivory. Now he's going to be splitting carries. I tend to think, and this is just me reading tea leaves, that Johnson gets the most carries and that Michael Carter is going to get the most touches out of the backfield as a receiver, and he'll be that all-purpose guy. I'm not saying Ty Johnson gets to 1,000 yards, but I do think that when the season is over, you're going to look at his yards per carry totals, and you're going to look at a lot of his highlight runs, and you're going to say, wow, this guy's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's a really good answer. I, I wasn't thinking Ty Johnson just because of what a believer I am in him. But I think as far as the uh, general public, uh, Jets fans and just NFL-wise, that's probably a really good answer, that they're going to be surprised as, at the numbers and what he can do here. Um, I'm going to – I'll go a couple other – I think there's a, a very good chance that at least one of these corners is going to be that guy. Uh, I, I don't know which one of them. I also think Bryce Huff could really surprise a lot of people. Uh, uh, definitely there's a lot of people who who are ready for it here. And if Carl Lawson was here taking up uh, some of that space, then it would help even more. But with all the inside pressure that they can mount, I do think that Bryce Huff can play over a lot of what a lot of people's heads think. Definitely uh, more take uh let the rest of the league take notice and then i'm i'm gonna go with the rookie also i'll say hamsa nazarlodin i think that by the end of the year that everyone is just going to be in love with the way that this kid plays uh it's it's gonna take a little while for him to get there uh, i think you could see something similar with sherwood but i think that uh nazarlodin by the end of the year, you're just gonna be like, okay, I I see it all with them, and you might you might be ready to fight me over saying this in week three or something like that. But but by the end of the year, I think everyone's gonna really love what they see with this kid. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from David Souter. He says, Will Makai Becton be ready for week one? And if he is, 
Is there an edge rusher Carolina has that we should be concerned about him going up against? As far as I know, he's going to be ready for week one. And edge rusher to look for is Brian Burns here. He's poised for a potential breakout year. He did pretty well his first two years, but didn't play at an elite level, but he was good. This year is the year where they're looking for him to really break out. So that'll be a fascinating matchup week number one. Oh, when it was the Quinton Williams versus Josh Allen, uh, the Jacksonville Josh, Josh Allen debate. I was sitting there saying, well, it should really be the Quinton Williams versus Brian Burns debate. I still was uh, having Quinton take it there, but I, I like Brian Burns as, uh, more than Josh Allen. He's he's definitely somebody uh, that I expect to have a really big year. That, that's going to be a tough matchup for him. And, you know, it's concussion. Concussions are uh, tricky things here. Uh but yeah, I, I, I fully expect Makai Becton to be suiting up week one. Next question comes in from Jets fan in CLT. He says, thinking ahead and considering the amount of draft capital the Jets have next year, plus all of their pending free agents, what are the chances Joe Douglas practically sits out free agency in 2022 in an effort to accumulate 2023 comp draft picks? That sounds like the Patriots strategy. I think it really depends on what makes sense for him. It's so hard to say this far ahead of time. If he looks at the free agency list and doesn't see anybody that pops out at him in terms of someone that's worth making a big offer, then I'm not saying he's going to sit out, but he won't be super active. This past year, he really wanted Carl Lawson, so he ponied up for him. He really wanted Corey Davis, so he ponied up for him. I think that'll be the situation. It'll be a wait and see. But I don't think Joe Douglas is going to go into free agency saying, we got this cap space, got to spend it now. I think he's going to take a measured approach, which is what he's more or less done so far since he's been here. Yeah, I agree with that part. He's, I think he's going to still spend because they kind of still need to. We, we have too many, there's too many positions on this roster that we can look at and say, you know, there's too many question marks, too many holes there for him to not go look to address some of those in free agency. Now, as you pointed out, it's possible that none of them match up um, and he just moves on. But I think ideally, Joe Douglas does want to get to a point where he's sitting out free agency and just collecting comp picks, but that's still another couple years down the road. You need to have the Ravens and the Patriots can do this because they have, you know, like already got the next guy in house, or we can identify that guy in the draft for free agency real easily and and replace him. the The Jets aren't there yet; they're not uh, that type of well oiled assembly line. The, Joe Douglas wants to get them there, but they're a couple years away from it. Next question comes in from RB. He says, what are the chances percentage-wise that Zach Wilson will be the first Jets rookie to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year award since the AFL-NFL merger? I actually think there's a decent chance. I'd say about 20% because, and I talked about this with the Rock Power Report boys, Drew and Chris, on their podcast. The quarterback position is the one that tends to win it more often than not if there's a quarterback that's even remotely good. So you have to think about this in terms of who's going to be starting week one. Now, we know Wilson is going to start week one. We know Trevor Lawrence is going to start week one. Justin Fields is not going to start week one. Trey Lance is very much a work in progress. So regardless of how many games he plays, 
it's very possible that there's a much steeper learning curve for him even if he ends up being one of the best in the long run, in the short run, it's going to take him some time to really get into a groove. And then you've got Mac Jones and you've got that whole situation with Cam Newton. Now, let's talk about the fact that Trevor Lawrence is clearly in a terrible situation. Everybody's been joking about this. So when you throw all of that together and you factor in that Wilson does have a decent surrounding cast, he's looked good in preseason, if he stays healthy, knock on wood, I think there's a very reasonable chance that he ends up winning the Rookie of the Year. And here's what I'll say also. I just took a look at the most recent Vegas odds for Rookie of the Year. Trevor Lawrence is plus 300. Justin Fields is plus 650. Trey Lance is plus 700. Najee Harris is plus 800. Kyle Pitts is plus 900. And Zach Wilson is plus 1,000. I think that's a pretty solid bet if you're looking to put a couple of bucks down. Again, I'm not going to go crazy and tell you there's a 50% shot, but considering the situation and how well he seems to have adjusted already in the preseason and the fact that if there's a quarterback who plays reasonably well, he's got a huge advantage to win that award over any other position. I think that's a really solid bet at plus 1,000, and I think there's a decent chance. Yeah, at, at those odds, that's that's a really solid bet. I'd, I'd probably even be more bullish on this than you. I'd bump it up uh, higher than 20%. Because, again, like you pointed out, this is a quarterback's award. Pretty much all these, uh, you know, MVPs, a quarterback award, uh, rookie of the year is a quarterback award. These, Unless it's a defensive player of the year award, it's pretty much – or uh, – you know, specific to running back or wide receiver or something, it's pretty much, if it's out there for everybody, it's going to be a quarterback award. Uh, you went through all the reasons there. Justin Fields, how much is he going to play? Because, the, I mean, the Bears should should be playing him right off the jump. But if, if he has to wait till week six to play, it doesn't matter how good he, he might do. And he's got Allen Robinson there. He doesn't have a lot else there. That offensive line isn't great either. So that's the one thing that could get in Zach Wilson's way here too is the offensive line. Um, So I I think even if you wanted to look at somebody like a Najee Harris, well, Najee Harris with Pittsburgh and that, their offensive line, they were terrible at run blocking last year. I don't think they did enough to upgrade it there. Kyle Pitts is probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, I'm, I feel comfortable saying that he's most likely going to be a Hall of Famer. Tight ends take a little while to, to come around in the NFL. So I I think, I, I like, Zach Wilson has to be at plus 1000 is lunacy honestly is lunacy he has to be considered among the favorites for this award and this this is not me saying anything about Zach Wilson this is just me talking about the situation he's in and the likelihood of who typically wins these awards it would seem that Zach Wilson has the inside track here he's got pole position that if, if he's just maintaining, uh, you know, what we've seen from him here, he doesn't have to go rocket trajectory up forward or anything, just maintaining what we've been seeing from him. He's got the inside track for this award. That doesn't, again, don't get carried away and think that means anything 
future wise, he's going to be best of this whole group. But we're just talking this year. I I just you look at the situations of everybody. It, it it's it's his war, reward to grab. Whoa, Chris, that is one heck of a hot take with Kyle Pitts. He's, quote, most likely going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't know if I go that far. Let's see him play first. Uh, uh, okay. I'm, I'm just, um, I feel pretty comfortable st- staking my claim in this. Man, that is a Mel Kuyper-like leap. Hopefully it works out better for you than it did for him when he said that he would see people at Mike Williams' Hall of Fame induction. I like Kyle Pitts a lot, too. I'm just not ready to say that he's going to be a Hall of Famer yet. Next question comes in from DMAC. He says, who ends up as wide receiver number three on this team? I'm assuming that Corey Davis is wide receiver one and Elijah Moore is wide receiver two. Well, under that assumption, I would say that it's got to be Jamison Crowder, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean... This, this gets a little tricky because are you just considering three the slot? Are you talking about, uh, you know, but still, yeah. Uh, I But I think by the, yeah, the, are you just talking the third best receiver or are you just going, you know, wide receiver one, two, and then three is the slot? Because I do think by the end of the year that you could see, um, you know, a lot of Jets fans and people saying, okay, Denzel Mims is the third best receiver on this team. And also there's another way to, you could also look at it as the number three receiver could be who's the first one that you'd be putting in uh, for either Corey Davis or Elijah Moore. And right now I still think that's probably Keelan Cole, but I, I think Jameson Crowder is the answer to start. Uh, he very well could be the answer to end the season. But I think, like I said, I, I, there is a very strong chance that Denzel Mims would be considered the third best receiver on the roster by the end of the season. That's going to wrap up part two of the mailbag. We'll be back with part two of our rapid fire predictions tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure that you're checking out Chris's very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com and following him on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. A lot of great film reviews up right now, courtesy of Luke Grant. He's got videos on Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, Quinnen Williams, Morgan Moses, Denzel Mims, so many more. Plus, top five takeaways from the preseason games. We've got video clips of Zach Wilson's preseason performances as well. And Kayla Pace has her exclusive commentaries, Pace's Playbook. All of that is on our YouTube channel. So go ahead and watch the videos and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.